Gio, are you ready? Mm hmm. Gio, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Okay. Wow. Sure. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All together now. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Multitasker Podcast, your lifestyle podcast for people trying to excel in their career, maintain a social life, eat right, text everyone back, stay sane, survive, and be happy. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. Be happy. Chloe. I'm not saying Chloe, I'm saying it. I said it. Who is that? That's a stranger voice. Who, me? Are, are you talking about me? I you can't be talking about me. You've been clocked out for a while. Well, you know, life been lifing, but I'm back. Welcome I know y'all missed me. We did. Of course we missed you. Thank you. Yes, and I miss... <laughs> the only one most of y'all. Right. It's fine. Not well, true. I see Chloe all the time. And I was going to play Welcome Back, Cotter, but you know... I was you about to say, to I never have time to miss him. Same. Oh, Gio, catch us up real quick. Where you been at? What's been up? So I was sick for a while. I'm doing better now. Thank goodness. Uh, I moved to a new apartment. I have a new job. Uh, the Actors Union is on strike, but that's okay because I booked a national commercial before it happened. And, oh. you know, commercial is beautiful. Congrats. So y'all look out for me. I'm the black guy with Jane Lynch. It's not hard to find <laughs> in the commercial because it's only two black people and the other one is a woman. So uh I think that's all the all the good stuff. We won't talk about the bad stuff. We're just gonna talk about the blessings. Uh so yeah. Oh, and somebody just gave me a free floor seat to Beyonce in Chicago. So what? Hey yo! Are you kidding? That's a blessing. No, I'm dead too. <laughs> wow, what the heck? <laughs> That's fine. So now you yeah. have to so I get like to see Snoop Dogg. Right. I get to see Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa for free on Friday. And then see Beyonce for free on Saturday. So boom. Dang, that's lit. Nice. That's a lit weekend. Yeah. It is. I'm just hoping that the contact high from Friday wears off before I get to Renaissance because there's going to be a lot of colors. Know. Right. Yeah. Well, welcome back, friend. We're glad to have you back. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for those who checked on me in my time of absence while I was sick and shutting in. Chloe, Rashanti, Justin. Boy. Well, definitely glad to have Gio back. We also have a special guest on this episode, friend to the show, dating expert, love expert, Jasmine Turner. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, Yo. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for joining us. So tell everyone who's listening a little bit about yourself before we jump in. Sure. So as you said, my name is Jasmine Turner on uh, social media. I'm known as Jazz Love Love because I spent a great deal of time as a professional matchmaker specializing with African-American professionals. You know what I realized as you were talking through that? I said friend to the show, but we really are friends and... Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to probably everyone on this podcast and everyone listening, Jasmine is the reason why I met my partner. So Jasmine and I met 
um, through one of my former jobs and I brought her on to do interviews for dating and relationships. And from that, I was single and she was asking me all types of questions. Why? What are you looking for? What are you trying to do? And I was like, you know, I want to date, but I don't really want to get on the apps. And I don't want to do this or that. And I was against everything except organic meeting. And she was like, no, you got to try everything. And she became my unofficial official dating coach. And she told me what apps to get on. She told me she gave me assignments. She was like, you know, 15 minutes a day, I need you either swiping or talking to men and, you know, having conversations. You need to be going out on dates. You need to be dating multiple men at once and like getting to know everybody. And through her checking in on me and holding me accountable to the apps, I was able to meet my partner who I am still currently with. And that's because of Jasmine. And Jasmine still checks on me to this day in that regard. Like, how are things going? What's going on with y'all? What's the updates? And so I don't know why I didn't think about that in the beginning when I introduced <laughs> you. But <laughs> that's the official reason why you're here. Like, one of the official reasons. Because um, we've also been talking a lot about dating just on the podcast in general. And I know everyone... Um, who is a host of the podcast here and not here has been having different experiences with dating and their relationships. And so it only made sense that we brought an expert in and that is how we thought of you, but it was because of the work that you and I have done with my former position with the interviews, but then also with my personal life. So I wanted to call that out because duh, that's how did I forget that? <laughs> that is <Yeah>. major. Now, <laughs> that's dope, Bri. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea. That was interesting. Okay, Jasmine. It was also Jasmine helped Bree get her groove back. It was like in a week or two weeks you met him. No, it wasn't that bad. I think so. It was. It was one of the first few dates you went on. No, he was. He was. How many dates did you go? Mind your business, first of all. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. It's not that you can't ask. It's the way you ask. It's the way you ask. Exactly. Pipe down. How many women are allowed to date? How many? Okay. I didn't say she couldn't. I was just wondering how many men were you entertaining at one time? How many men? I don't like the way you said that. Maybe he was asking because he wants to know how many people a person should date at once to have successful results. Thank you. Male mm. or female. Okay. Okay. Gender. They make it more general. Good save, Justin. How many women entertain you? Good save. I think Thank you, it Justin. depends on... Sorry, go ahead, Gian. No, I did have... It was reasoning behind that. So go ahead, Jasmine, and then I'll follow up with my question and my statement. Yeah, I think it depends on capacity. Like, you know, some people are busier than others and they don't have the time to date multiple folks at once and that's okay. But I definitely suggest, especially when like you're ready for like long term, you're, you know, a little bit older, you're clear on what you're looking for. It's okay to, you know, go on dates with multiple people within a period of time. Like men do it all the time. Women just started doing it. It's totally fine. And I had capacity. I didn't have nothing else going on. Um, <laughs> capacity. <laughs> capacity. Come on, capacity. but Geo, to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that many was where I can't remember, but it was just yeah. a long time ago. I do know that what dating multiple men helped me to do was not put all my eggs in one basket. And I think 
my experiences and probably the experiences of a lot of women are that we we date one person at a time. And then when they're not the one, now we have to go through this grief period of a fake breakup when we were only dating them. So <laughs> not my bad. <laughs> Speak on it. Sorry. Yikes. I just I just tripped a lie on mine. I'm sorry. That was not targeting. Did somebody just go through a fake breakup? Let's it's like it's like child, <laughs> baby. No, no. I'm sorry. I feel like getting hurt. I'm sorry. No, no. But that's real. No, and I think that's wonderful that you mentioned that because it does share the the distinction or the difference rather of how men operate in the dating world versus women. And a prime example, like the tone that we thought we were catching from Geo, it sounded a little judgy. How many will you date? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not saying that was initially not saying that that's how your tone was perceived to be but a lot of times when men and women are dating it almost does seem like it's frowned upon for women to be dating multiple people at a time mm-hmm. it's almost like women are taught to just kind of like key in on this for I don't know like for chastity purposes I'm, I'm not sure what it is but it does almost seem like women are more judged when they do have more options or they are um, you know, data multiple people. And it yeah. I feel Where like got we're, their options. we're more raised to be a wife or more more raised to to have that mindset versus men where it's more acceptable to be open when it comes to having options. Like when women have options, it's almost like we get called names or we, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as accepted yeah. and it doesn't feel good. What were you saying? I agree with Chloe. I think it's that toxic masculinity trait of that possession. And it's I can talk to whoever I want to, but it's it's frowned upon and you look like you said, looked at as less than if you're doing the exact same thing. But I feel like if you're dating people with the intention of trying to find that one, like Jasmine said, if you're trying to find that long-term person. Within dating multiple people, you find out things that you like and dislike that you may not have even realized because you find it in multiple people. You're like, well, I like this about her, but she did did that that's getting on my last nerves. So I don't want that in the partner. But she doesn't do that. And this is a non-negotiable over here, but this I can deal with. And so that's what I'm literally going through right now because... I had a well-known friend share my picture on her page and let people know that I was single. Um, oh, okay. stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop laughing because my mom sent me the screenshot of Gio <laughs> on Lena Waite's page. And I was like, oh, she's probably shouting him out because he's an actor and he's been doing great work and blah, blah, blah. And so I click into the post and it's like, eligible bachelor i was like what is yeah. this <laughs> yeah so lena wave didn't share the she wasn't the initial poster she just shared the post um uh that my friend i mean you can search it yvette nicole brown posted it and my dms went crazy um and there were a couple crazies in there uh but i did find some potential people that I would talk to. Um, and uh, 
I think we found the top five. Well, actually, top four. Somebody got eliminated yesterday. Not this Whoa, dating come on, elimination. All of a sudden. <laughs> the elimination for the process. Love of Gio. <laughs> for the love of Gio. Top four. That's what, that's that's what it feels like. Say. And I hate to say it like that, but it does feel like virtual bachelor or flavor of love. More so flavor of love with some of these crazy DMs I got. I literally got an Have email you- from this woman with her number, and she said, stop looking. It's me. Call me now. Come I'll on with the energy, with the confidence. Nice. <laughs> oh, no, men don't no. like that. Okay, got it. That is. I mean, it was super I aggressive. She was like, you don't have to look any further. We're not doing this on IG. Call me right now. And I was just like, I don't even know what you look like. You took my business email. So other mm. people saw this. <laughs> she sent oh. it to my business email. <laughs> your work? Like and then when job? I... No, my uh, like my booking email. Oh, this so is the person good. that I negotiates my bookings saw it, and she was like, "What's going on here?" I was like, <laughs> "But good so for you, though." Gia, so he ain't care. That's wild, though. Yeah, how did you get to your top four? Have you been going on dates with them? Is this just like via message or what? How did you get to your top four? How did you decide? So most of the bad thing is that the person who posted not bad i won't say bad but the person who posted me lives in la so most of the women have been from la um the two that weren't options in chicago well three if you count miss call me now it's us Miss Cleo. Uh, right that's what was getting miss cleo uh, she was also from chicago, but, um but it's been uh just having organic conversations really getting to know them like it's been a while since i've been on the phone with somebody for like four hours oh wow and like don't get tired of the conversation um so that's how i've been measuring it out and like just talking to them and their beliefs and what they want to do do they want to have kids what do they like to do um are they a person that likes to be active and go out me and my friends like to go out are they boring can they handle the lifestyle of somebody that's in the industry? Because a lot of people cannot deal with a, uh, someone that's constantly around people that, you know, I may have a kissing scene. I may be able to go somewhere and not bring a plus one. Are you okay with sitting at home tonight and not worry or think that I'm going to be cheating on you with whoever is at the red carpet? Things like that. And so, that's not something that I, you can always find out right away because my ex-girlfriend, I found that out too late into it. <laughs> How much time, Gio, do you give your contestants to identify prior to you eliminating them? Contestants, contestants is insane. Yeah. The young ladies, I don't like the word contestants, the young ladies. Um, your options. <laughs> How much time do you give them? Um, yeah, no. So this started maybe two or three weeks ago. I haven't been rushing anything because like when I said I had a lot of DMs, some of them I I still have not answered. Um, and that's based on like, I went and looked at profiles first and was like, nah, uh, (laughs) cause most of them went to the request folder. So they can't see that I did. I mean, if they listen to this, they know now. Yikes. Um, (laughs) but it was no offense to anybody, but like, if they just weren't my type, Mm-hmm. Or if I knew automatically off the back, like, hey, this probably isn't going to work out. Because some of them were much older. And, of course, I want somebody closer to my age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I understand you want to get your groove back, but I ain't the one. 
Uh. Yeah, I would really like to discuss the whole aggressive woman situation because, I mean, we live in a day and age where women are more like strong, independent, whatever the case is, and they tend to be the aggressor. But at what point does an aggressive woman become unattractive to a man? So can can I speak from a matchmaker perspective? Yes, please. Yes. Yeah, please. from an from experience as a matchmaker, um, it's not so black and white, right? So there is an uh, there is a more laid back man that's a perfect match for an aggressive woman. I have a friend whose parents, the father was super laid back, and the mom was like straight in your face, ran the show. He did all the cooking. She was, you know, she made more and it worked for them, right? And then there are some guys who I know not going for that at all. <laughs> you know, like they're not cooking at all. Um, so I think, you know, it's more about finding the lid to your cup versus like the idea that, hey, mm -hmm. I'm too aggressive for men or I'm not feminine enough for men. Um, it's just more about finding the person you're compatible with because some men do want that woman who's going to stay at home and support their business and help build their goals and cook and clean and never ask questions. Some men want something in the middle of that. And then some men want a partner, a woman that's going to grind as hard as him, that has her own career, has her own goals, and they need each other with, you know, accomplishing goals together. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I stepped back from matchmaking is because, like, I felt like so social media was, like, creating this message where, like, you either are a desirable woman or you aren't. And that's right. just not the reality. It's more of like finding the lid to your cup versus all women got to be like this fit, feminine, and what they say, fit, feminine, and friendly. And all men got to be six figures, six feet tall, the six right. inch dick, you know? And I, I kind of got <laughs> part of that. No, I, I love that perspective. I agree with that. Yep. Yeah. I feel like some of the problem is people reduce people to gender stereotypes and like yes. straight up roles. And when we, and so then you you remove people's humanity. Like if you're just like, oh, you're supposed to be this thing rather right. than being like, yeah. and it, it and it's too, it's a double-edged sword. It cuts you too. Cause you're like, oh, I have to be this thing rather than like, let me find out who I am. And then let me find somebody who fits my mm -hmm. weird. So like the lid to your cup, I think was a perfect, you know, hey. analogy for that. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of the women that were hitting me up were starting off with, I know I'm probably not what you're looking for, or I don't think I'm your type, but, and that like, that saddened me a little bit because I was like, who made you feel like you have to preface mm. yourself and thinking that you're not enough, no matter if you're approaching mm -hmm. me or any man or vice versa, because you are enough for whoever is your person. Wow. That's awesome. Whoever Can I are, slide in here for a second? Yourself, yeah. Yes, Can I ask oh, no. a question though, Gio? The reason I want to ask a question is because I hear you saying that and it sounds beautiful and I hear I see people nodding their heads and agreeing, but literally two minutes ago mm -hmm. you said there were people who you didn't even want to talk to because you looked at their pictures. <laughs> and so like you have to admit <laughs> that you're doing it too. And so it's like there is some truth to what these women are feeling and that is why they're sliding mm -hmm. to you in that way. Yeah. But I yeah, think what Gio's saying I, like... I'm, they're prefacing themselves with insecurities. Like you're coming off, you're introducing yeah. yourself with the insecurity that you're not good enough. And so in spite of him having a preference of who he's attracted to, it's still it's still not attractive to introduce yourself with insecurities. I know I'm probably yeah. not finding them. Like what, <laughs> if you're gonna approach it, just approach it with some confidence. 
and can I say some of it wasn't that they weren't attractive. It was just I could tell from what they were into on their page or XYZ, like we wouldn't be a match. Or they were just older and things like that. So it wasn't about looks for all of it. And we do and I and I'd be lying if I we didn't say we all have a type. We all are attracted to something. So it wasn't that, but just to not have that confidence in yourself, because I can say for myself, I wasn't always confident in my looks or how I carry myself. So for me, it's like getting to the point where I am, I know the work that it took. So to see it coming from other people is like, dang, I hope one day you can get to that point where it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in life. You just feel like you the itch. And I feel like yeah. everyone should feel that way because that's just it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. But I'm not going to approach you and say, hey, I know I'm probably not doing something. No, hey, I'm that dude. What's good? You're not feeling me? Cool. Somebody else will. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I agree with you. And I know that about you. I'm playing devil's advocate because it's like, I'm just trying to give some grace to the people that have a little less confidence than some of us have, you know, because it's like they're that's why I'm just trying to say, like, they're sliding that way because maybe they have been curved for some of those things that they're saying in their insecurities, right? Like that's where insecurities yeah. come from. Usually a lot of times they come from little things that people have said, like maybe whispered or like, you know, just like thrown out there about you and now you're thinking about it. On the other hand, I have to say, um, like I agree with Gio in the sense of like, you should be confident in yourself, but also if you find the person that you're attracted to or the type of person you're consistently attracted to, is not attracted to you, then like you have to make some changes about yourself. Like attracts like, right? So if a person, and it's not even about like, okay, you have to have a certain type of body, but a man that values health and fitness, in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, is going to be attracted to a woman who also values health and fitness. You know, um, a man man who values like his presentation, how he dresses and things like that, in a lot of cases is going to be attracted to women who present themselves well. Um, so that, that could be the case where like, if you're consistently pursuing, which I don't think women should pursue rather than like show that we're available. But if you're consistently pursuing, you know, a type of person that's not finding you attractive then you have to look at yourself and think about, okay, what type of person is this person usually attracted to? And usually it's like attracts like. Yeah. And can I say for a lot of those messages, I did respond and just try to like reassure them as a person. Because I, like I said, I don't want anybody out there feeling like you're less than. Even if you're not with me, you should still have the confidence that you deserve to be with somebody and be loved. I feel like everyone should have that opportunity in life. So Gio, you were like, well, you are beautiful. Somebody will want you. It's not me, but somebody out there will <laughs> no. want you. More politically correct answers because a lot of them were very, very sweet with their approach. And like I said, for me, it was very overwhelming too. Um, and I think that's the one thing that people didn't take into account getting like hundreds of messages. And I'm also very private about my life. People think my life is very open and it's not. <laughs> I post what I want people to see. And so to put myself out there was me just trying to take a leap and do something different and see where it went. Um, and so a lot of people were like, uh, like some people, like the first thing they said, are you serious? Is this for real? And I'm like, 
so wanted yeah, to no, know if he was I, really available. Right. They was like, you single, single, or you, you know, we divorced. You fake single. You fake single. Two part question. One for clarification. Uh, uh, and I guess they're both clarification questions. Uh, Jazz, you said um, you would encourage women not to pursue men. And then what does pursuing men look like? Or uh, men who, uh, I guess, yeah, well, you know, the, and that, that's the other part. Are you saying like, because there are other gender relationships, is it just like cishet relationships, like in other positions, like the mass presenting person shouldn't shouldn't be the one pursuing or be pursued? Like, I'm I'm curious, like just for clarification, how does that work? Yeah. Um, so to be completely honest with you, like I really only have experience in the cishet cis how do gotcha. cishet mm -hmm. space. <laughs> um, that's where I have experience. So I can't really speak to those others. It kind of gets more complicated than I have like experience in. Um, but I think in a more like cis het dating world, um, I don't think women should be the pursuers. Um, I think that women should make themselves available and I think they should place themselves in environments to be found. Um, but I do think that the man should be the one to like show like the, to to take the first step to ask the woman out um, and really like take things outside of like, hey, we're both single. Now what? The man should be the one to you know make that next step. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Why is that? I think, you know, if I'm honest, part of that goes down to like gender norms. Um, I think also like if we look into one of the one of the other areas that I specialize in was feminine energy and masculine energy. I think um, feminine energy and masculine energy is innate for both women and men. I think also, just to be clear, there are times where a woman might operate in her masculine energy for you know a healthy woman, and there are times that a healthy man might operate in his uh, feminine energy. Um, but I think that. Um, Generally speaking, I think men desire, you know, to to conquer. And I think part of that is innate. So not conquer necessarily in a negative way, but they desire to achieve, to accomplish, to like pursue and then reach that goal. Um, and so I think when they are the one pursuing, they tend to value it more. Can I share a story? When Please. Jasmine broke that down for me when I was dating, I probably was operating in more masculine energy. I was leading a department at work. I was living alone. So I was leading my household. I was doing all the things for myself, by myself. And so when I started dating my current partner, I was like, how can I find ways to be feminine? <laughs> and I kind of struggled. So I would try stupid stuff. And I know at one point I was like, hey, I have this bookshelf. Can you help me build it? And he helped me build the bookshelf. Yeah. But what's hilarious about it is what he didn't know, which is what everyone on this call knows, is I build. And so when we moved into our current house, I built everything in this house. And he came home one day and I was building this like two-part storage bench like it was a massive project and he just stood there like you build i've been tricked oh yeah hoodwinked but 
I think it worked because like in that moment, it gave him in the moment where we're dating, it gave him something to like, oh, I can help her with this. Like, this is great for me. But now it's just like, I, I mean, I could do this. You could go do something else. Like, it's okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I think there's also opportunity in when you're finding the lid to your cup to just try some weird, like stupid stuff and see what works. Yeah, creating that space for him, right? Like mm -hmm. creating a space for him, for sure. So I want to speak on that too, because I had to identify the fact that in my past, when relationships didn't work, I was more of the aggressor or the aggressive, not aggressive, but I was more of the masculine role in the relationship. And I had to identify that perhaps it didn't work because I don't want to be <laughs> masculine, but that's the household I grew up in. My mother was more of the masculine role. My father was more, I, I wouldn't want, that I ain't calling you feminine boss. I am not calling you feminine, <laughs> but he was more um, reserved. My mother was more of the go-getter. Like um, a lot of the decision-making was my mom. So that's the household that I grew up in. So that's the mentality that I had as a woman. And so going into my adulthood and relationships, I kind of took on the role of um, being more masculine, doing the problem solving, doing the decision making, doing this and doing that. And then when those things didn't work and I'm looking back, I'm like, I don't want to be masculine. I want to be feminine. So how can I transition myself to operate in more of a feminine element? And so I did have to switch some stuff up. I even started changing more of the way I dress to become more feminine so that I can operate and feel more feminine and attract that. Um, you know, I even tell Brie like little stuff. Like I, you know, I started wearing contacts more. So my eyes pop a little bit more so I can like have like my attributes. I feel like my eyes are attractive. So just things that I feel more feminine in, I started doing those things so that I can attract more of a masculine man. And it, it started to work in my favor. <laughs> and that's just my perspective and my experiences. It was interesting. Like, uh, here I go, like... <laughs> the markers that you assign to masculinity and femininity. Like what you said was I was the problem solver. And I think that's a strange thing to be like, only men can be problem solvers. I think that's perfectly fine as you're a problem solver. And um, so I wonder, like in doing that, you may have attracted men, but um, I don't think that will work for you long-term necessarily because it would be in a space that you had to reduce yourself. Why do you have to be less of a problem solver to, to be in a relationship in a space with somebody. No, it's not that I, I would look at it more as kind of taking more of control and not allowing him to lead. Like I realized that I would prefer someone that's going to lead me where I don't have to necessarily have to have all of the answers. Like I would like to kind of have a strong male figure that's leading me in a relationship. Like that's my preference and not saying that gotcha, gotcha. as a woman that I can't be the decision maker, but it's more so always taking control, always feel like I have to solve the problem and not allowing mm -hmm. him the opportunity to solve it. I think that uh, that's something we're seeing in our community in general, as we're seeing like women post about the soft life. I think, you know, a lot of times black women have been that problem solver, that strong woman, um, this goal getter, which I don't think there's anything wrong with any of it necessarily. There's a time and place for everything, but I think a lot of times we played those roles because we had to, you know, it was the only way we were going to be able to do better for ourselves and our families. Um, but there's always that desire for us to take a step back and like have somebody 
solve the problems for us, you know, have somebody be that provider for us. And it doesn't mean that we that we uh, minimize ourselves. Um, it just means like we get to take we get to take a step back. And when we're needed and when it's time for us to step in our masculine energy for the sake of our relationship or for the family or whatever, like we can still do that. But we probably don't want to operate in that space all the time as we have in the past. So yeah, I definitely like, I agree with that. And I have like a similar kind of like experience to what Rashanti was talking about, where it's like, I felt like in that instance of masculinity, I was taking more of that like leader role in my like past relationship. And I think that similarly, I'm like, how do I not attract this type of person where I have to be this type of person? And then you know, did some dating and stuff like that. But then what I think I finally landed on was that like, I wanted like true partnership. I wanted us to be like, I pick up the slack where you're lacking. I wanted us to be very well balanced because I didn't want too much masculine energy because I knew I couldn't handle that because it is like kind of what Justin said. Like I knew I would have to minimize some of that masculinity in me in order to deal with that type of person. So I was like, I can't deal with all the way on the other end of the spectrum. I need something like right here in the middle. And I feel like that's what I got. And so <laughs> like, it, it was necessary to kind of realize that it's like, okay, here's one end, here's the other. And I need to be like very much so in the middle so that I can express some of my masculine energy. And for me, what that looks like within my relationship, like some, I, I like to present masks sometimes, like, at, like in my clothing and the way that I wear my hair, things like that. And so the fact that he allows me that space to do that and is not like, weirded out and like ew I don't like my girl dressing like a boy like he's like oh you look fucking good today and I'm like yes and I'm getting my little boy swag on and I love that and I needed that yeah yeah, yeah. I think similarly I think I approached it as um when I was looking for like partnership exactly partnership like I don't want I don't want to be dating somebody like I want to be um I want to be in a real relationship in a real space with somebody so it wasn't like when I say like the, you know, masculine and feminine trait attributes that for the most part kind of went out the door. It's like, I'm into this thing. Are you into this thing? I like, these are my skill sets. These are my strengths. What are yours? Like, so how does that mesh together? If you're better at this, you take the lead. If I'm better at this, I take the lead. And it is like you say, it's, it's finding somebody that I can dance with. And so we match our rhythm so we can continue to spin around and it's okay. Like, okay, cool. I'll back up. Like you can do this. Like, and then affording and also being really clear with like like the way i found it i've, I've been in a very bad relationship and i was like oh i'm never doing this again like so what am i doing with myself that's attracting this energy right i know what i want so let me be very clear about who i am what i don't like like take some time with myself and figure that out and then start looking for a person that matched that you know what i'm saying yeah, I think that leads me to my next question um, for Jasmine, but really anyone can answer it if they want. But what do you feel like is the appropriate time to jump back into dating once you've ended a relationship? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't <laughs> think there is. A, I don't think there is an appropriate time. It depends on the person. You know, some people need several months. 
I know a girl who, you know, caught her man cheating on her within a month. She was dating a new guy and she's now married or about to get married and is having a child with this guy and they have this amazing relationship. You know, some people it takes longer to get over, you know, someone. I'm one of those people. Like, you know, and then others like they're able to move forward when they realize like it just wasn't the right partner, the right relationship for them. So I unfortunately I would love to give you an answer, but unfortunately, uh, I don't think there is a specific there is. time. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I was gonna say. I said I think it depends person to person, and I also think it depends on what type of relationship you're coming out of. Because I've come out of one relationship and dated somebody within like the next three months. And I've come out of another relationship and didn't date anybody for a couple years. So, you know, I think it really just depends on, you know, how that relationship affected you. Um, and also like the one where it took a couple years, I was like, let me really make sure that I have myself together first before I try and give myself to somebody else. Because that relationship, broke me i took it very serious i thought we were gonna you know go a little bit further than we were and then the relationship right after that i don't count because i really was just trying to fill a void and found out she was insane and a stalker and so me realizing that i was like yo you really just wasted your time trying to fill a void over somebody that you actually love and now you have to take time to kill and also take time to realize the flaws that you had in that relationship that caused some of this strife, fix that, heal yourself, and then you can try and date somebody again. And even though I was fully healed at the same time, I was, I think I wanted to, I dated around, but nothing where it made me feel like, yo, I want to be serious and settle down. And I already knew my non-negotiables for some of that stuff. Like I want to have kids. Um, I'm a dog person. I just talked to somebody and they were like, ugh, I can never have a beast like that in my house. And I was like, okay, whoa. Not uh, a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm planning on getting a dog right now. I literally, I'm just waiting for him to be born. Uh, she got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question, another question. I have all the questions. Because Gio has said this phrase a few times and I want to call it to the carpet. Non negotiables. And oh. the list. So as a matchmaker, how do you navigate the list and the non-negotiables? Yeah. Um, so compatibility from a matchmaker's perspective and just really in reality, um, and there's data to support it. Um, two people are compatible when they share the same morals, values, and life goals, right? So your list, you can have a list, but it should be based on that if you want to and 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 what um the data found was that when two people share the same morals values and life goals they are more likely to have a healthy lasting long-term relationship um so morals values basically you know um what you decide what you believe is right and wrong or your way of life so for some folks that might be religion for some folks that might be um how you raise children for others that might be your political views it really depends on what's most important to you so if you're not a religious person, then religion might not be on your list when it comes down to morals and values. But if you really care about, you know, how this country treats people, then like you might not be open to dating a conservative or a liberal, depending on which side you're on. 
Um, so morals and values. Um, and again, another example could be, you know, how you raise kids. That's something that people don't always talk about. Then it becomes an issue later down the line. Um, you know, do you believe in spankings or do you believe in, you know, timeouts or you believe in gentle parenting? Things like that can end relationships, right? Um, and then life goals. So life goals are basically anything you plan to do in life that uh, your partner has to either be a part of or supportive of. So do they want to have kids like Gio mentioned? Um, you know, one of my life goals is like live outside of the country, maybe retire outside of the country, but at least like have the ability to live anywhere. And, and, and it's important that I have a partner that also desires that and is working toward that or currently has that ability. Um, so, you know, whether you want to live in a particular city, whether you want to have more kids, whether you want to take all of your investments, I mean, all of your savings and invest it into a business or, you know, you are more the type of person work until you're 65 and then live off of your 401k. Like those are things that you want to discuss and, and uh, be compatible in those areas. So as a, when you were a matchmaker, did you find it hard to, to date yourself? <laughs> That's a good question. Yes, <laughs> I am so picky. I am so picky. It's crazy. And not picky when it comes down to like the things that don't matter, like looks or whatever. Um, but I am so afraid of being in a relationship with someone and later finding out that we're not compatible. So I really stick to that email compatibility. I really ask those questions up front and I'm not afraid to walk away. Um, so it, it definitely has made it challenging. And, and with my colleagues, I've found like very similar because you know, we've had the opportunity to like talk to all types of folks. We've seen the good and the bad and the really bad. Um, so it definitely made that more difficult for me, for sure. Did you ever have someone that you thought would be good for you, but was also good for another client? Mm -hmm. Yes, multiple times. <laughs> but Ooh. I always said, I, I, but I couldn't operate. I couldn't do business that way. Right. So like I would always like go with the business but there were definitely a couple clients to where i'd be like oh my god and they were like and they were like you know say a little word or something let me know like they were you know like they they found me attractive or were at least interested in me and i just kind of like brush it off and pretend like i didn't really understand so you know i had clients who would do things like um you know visit the city i live in right and then they'll call and let me know they're in town and they want to hang out and i would you know kind of like stay away because i knew they'd already said a few things to let me know that they find me attractive or the the interesting one that men would do is i say okay so you know because of course um physical compatibility also matters and so i would ask the men um you know what's their type right and there were a few times where they literally described me like to a T, like complexion, height, like personality. Like there were some times where they would literally describe me and I could tell it was kind of intentional because of other things they said. Um, but business, I had to, as you guys know, I had to pay the bills. So business uh, <laughs> always came first. I never took a client for myself. No. Look at you being professional. Of course. I would have slid in and found my wife. Oh, <laughs> and that's why you're not the match. Goodbye, G. No. <laughs> exactly. That's dumb. I just gotta be out. So I, I I do have a question. When you talk about compatibility, like one of your fears is um being with somebody you're not compatible. 
uh, how do you also on the other end like hedge that space to to allow for somebody to grow and change like over the years? Because like the person that you were with ten years ago is not going to be the same person that you're with today. They're they're a new person. That's good. Yeah, and that's that unfortunately it's one of those things. It's one of those things that you can't avoid, unfortunately. I think that's why it's important to get as much <laughs> compatible in the beginning so that when people do change later, mm. um, it's you know not as big of a, of a deal because you have all of those other areas of compatibility. You know, my belief is that you're not going to, let's say for example, when people are married for 20 years and 30 years, they're not in love, most of them, are not in love the whole time, all 20 years, all 30 years, right? It's the fact that they have the same life goals. It's the fact that they have the same morals and values that keep them together during those times. But when you find yourself with someone and you're going through that phase to where y'all are not in love, you don't necessarily even like this person right now, and also you don't share the same beliefs, what they want to do with their life is completely different from what you want to do with your life. It, it, might in a lot of cases make more sense to walk away you know so you know, my mind is always approached with a sense of like if you have the main areas of compatibility when you go through the challenges of relationships that will happen because you're two um human beings who are not perfect uh it's easier to work it out because the two of you share the same goals you share the same values you share the same morals so I guess I'm asking, would you say that the majority of your clients were like dating to marry? For sure. Absolutely. Uh, you don't pay thousands of dollars for a matchmaker unless you're looking for something long term. However, there were definitely cases where there were clients where I'm like, you think you want something long term? But what I'm finding, and this is more on the men's side than the women's side, but what I'm finding is that, like, you leave at the earliest, like, mm, I don't necessarily like that, right? So I, I've, there were clients where they would say, okay, I want, you know, a partner, a life partner, I'm looking for this person, but it could be the smallest thing or the smallest disagreement, and they were like, okay, I don't want this person anymore. And they would be so excited about meeting someone new. So I think they thought maybe that's what they wanted, but in reality, they like the desire of, um, or they like the ability of meeting new, attractive, desirable women and having someone like a matchmaker consistently introduce them to them. They don't have to do any work. It's literally like, you pay me the money, which was nothing to some of these folks. And it's like, I'm gonna introduce you to six women. And once you're done with that woman, you know, in a few, in a month or a couple weeks, I'm introducing you to someone else. And I think, some of the clients, mostly men, they like that you're going to have this kind of consistent um, list of women available to you. What's the threshold of giving someone a chance and realizing that they're just not compatible with you? We're grilling you now. Like, this is question after question. But that's, I think, for me, a great area because... If you go on a date and it's like, mm, I don't know about this, do you give them another chance? Or like, what is that in your experience? Yeah, so I um, I would always tell my clients to go on three dates 
minimum with someone that you're compatible with, right? Because compatibility doesn't necessarily mean like y'all should be together. Y'all could be compatible, but the vibe just ain't right. And you can't get past that. Um, so I would always say go on three dates. Once they meet those areas of morals, values, life goals, and there's some level of physical attraction, um, go on a minimum of three dates before you're like, I absolutely cannot deal with this person um, from, from matchmaking. But I think in general, like you really have to know yourself. You have to know how much you can deal with. If you talk to some of these people who have been in these 20 year, 30 year relationships, which I have as my experience as a matchmaker, I've talked to them to learn more. Like some of the things they went through, I would never <laughs> go through. Like I just wouldn't do it in order to make a relationship or a marriage work. It's, you know, so it just really depends on how bad you want it, how much you're willing to go through to get it. And you have to be honest with yourself about that. I know that for me, like I'm, I, you know, I'll, you know, I'm a ride, but I ain't gonna die with you, you know, and I'm on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> she gonna ride, but ain't nothing. We ain't gonna die. I, yeah, I want to. <laughs> I want to. Uh, well, guys, piggyback off Chloe's question. I'm gonna ask how many, how many people did you experience, or uh, did you experience a lot of people that wanted to be married more than they actually wanted to be in a partnership? Like the goal mm. is marriage, not an actual partnership. That's good. That's, that's good. That, yeah, great question. I would say that was more on the women's side. You know, um, I definitely had women clients who, you know, and from my view, had these amazing lives. I mean, like dream lives that, you know, so many women desire. They have these amazing careers. They have a great group of friends. They're really close with their family. Um, and the one thing that was missing was a, a, a husband and that doesn't mean like a man mm. can't bring value to that amazing life of course i find the value in having a man in your life but because your friends are married and you don't have anyone to bring to these galas or you know you don't have anyone to bring to your family events and and your other siblings do that was more of a thing that that, that bothered them than you know having the actual partner because a lot of the mm -hmm. stuff that a partner would do for you they had that covered or could afford to pay somebody to do it right outside of like the love part right um so the one thing that would bother me was they would have these amazing lives like their dream career they wanted their great group of friends they could depend on and supported them and trust and family and like all of these amazing things and they wouldn't even allow themselves to celebrate it and like find like the joy in the in just having all of these things because they were so caught up on getting that other checkbox on their list of okay so now i got the career and i got the friends and i got the family and you know now i need the husband and and they wouldn't allow themselves to enjoy like all of these amazing things going on in their lives because like society is telling them well you don't have a husband so you still ain't really you know a great woman you still mm -hmm. can't really See yourself as like, you know, having a, an amazing life because all your friends have this and you don't have it. And so that was one of the things that would really frustrate me. Mm -hmm. I think that's what kills a lot of people in dating, though, is comparing to what you either don't have or do have at the time and trying to keep up with the expectations of other people instead of just finding what makes you happy. Yeah. 
I wanted to ask in regards to expectations for a date, what does that look like? Because you said you should go on or you advise for individuals to go on, I guess, a minimum of three dates before you make a decision. So what is classified as like a good date? Is it like, you know, we're just walking in the park. It's the movie. It's like, what's a date? Do you meet up for coffee? Like, does it have to be 30 minutes? Can I give you 15 minutes of my time? Because that's all I got right now for a date. Like, you know, what is it? What does that look like? And what are the stipulations to classify this moment with this person as a date? Great question. And and there's been a lot of debate about this. And Brie knows, like, I am team coffee date. I am team ice cream date. I am team go for a walk date. I am team dinner date if that's what you yes. want to do. And both of you guys enjoy doing that. Um, I think the goal of the date is really to like have each other's attention and really have a conversation to see if you want to go on another date with this person. That's it. That's all. I don't believe that a man taking you on an expensive date automatically means that he wants something long term with you. Um, I don't believe a man taking you on a coffee date automatically means that like he doesn't value you. Although there are a lot of folks on on the internet, on Beyonce's internet, who believe that is the case. Um, I I think generally as a woman, generally speaking, because you know of course there are men out there who just really want someone to sleep with. Uh, I think she needs to be aware of you know, what is necessary for her to feel comfortable to be with someone at that level. And that shouldn't be based on where, where they've taken you to a day. It should be based on like the level of vulnerability you have with this person, how well you trust this person, how much you know about them. Are you guys compatible? And if you ain't looking for a relationship and you're just looking for sex, like how can y'all do this safely? <laughs> you know, like all of these things. Um, so I, I'm definitely team coffee date. In fact, I prefer uh, small dates myself at first because all I really care about is getting to know if we're compatible and nothing is worse than going on a dinner date, being all dressed up, sitting at a table with someone that you have realized you're no longer interested in and now you're stuck because you feel like you owe this person at least, you know, some like, <laughs> like to pretend like you're continuing <laughs> because now y'all done ran up a $300 tab um, and or whatever, whew. you know? So <laughs> those are my thoughts on that. I was going to yes. say the comfortability. I'm glad you said that because I feel like once you start dating too, you kind of realize what you need. Like when I was entertaining multiple suitors, as Gio would say, <laughs> I realized now why I get in it. I realized pretty quickly that sitting at breakfast, lunch, dinner tables was not only awkward for me, but awkward for them, especially coming off the app. Like you you're texting, you're messaging, and maybe you call or FaceTime, like whatever. But for that to be the first interaction, it's like now you're putting voice to the face and the face to the body. And it's just so weird. So my preferred first date became anything fun. So that way we could laugh and not be awkward. And then we could also break touch barrier and not like in a freaky way, but like, if I want to touch your shoulder, now we're humans together, as opposed to sitting across from somebody who I've never talked to before and just like, I'm kind of going to leave. I kind of need some space or it's just weird. So I like a good Dave and Busters or whatever oh, yeah. kind of arcade or something fun. 
And I'm gonna leave you a big tip. And like I said, never talk to that man again. Right. <laughs> Wait, so y'all never heard that a woman's uh, whatever she orders should be equal to or less than what he has ordered? Y'all never heard that before? Not as a rule, no. I, I don't believe in them rules. No, Jasmine just let me know I suck at dating. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just I have a question. Oh, you suck at dating. Oh. <laughs> this is the Multitasker Podcast. So we assume that our listeners are multitasking people. So what would your advice be for someone who is balancing their career, balancing life, trying to text everyone back, stay sane, survive, be healthy, all the things, but they also want to date? and get into dating and find their partner? What would be like your top three priorities or words of advice? I would say um, set dating goals. In the same way you would do with anything else that you're trying to accomplish. I'm a firm believer in, you know, being intentional about what you want to accomplish. So if a relationship is what you desire, um, you set that as a goal for your year. Right. Um, and then you invest time into that. So what does that look like? Does that mean that you are going out to social events at least once a week? Um, does that mean you are online and you're making sure that you're spending at least 15 minutes a day swiping and communicating back and forth with the goal of getting it to a first date within the first seven days? Um, so I, it, it would all boil down to like being intentional, right? So in the same way that you say, okay, I want to make this amount of money this year. I want to save this amount this year. I want to get this promotion. I want a healthy long-term relationship with ABCD type of person, right? And that means each month I need to meet two new guys or two new women. And in order for me to do that, I need to go to a social event that is going to have, um, both genders or whatever, at least once a week. Right, or I need to go online, or however you want to do that based on your personality. But I would say be intentional. That's the one thing I would say, and put it in your calendar, just like you're gonna do any other goal that you like to accomplish. So basically, what I hear Jasmine saying is that you should be tracking your dating goals in your multitasker planner. Come on, write them down. Check them off. Nicely done. Yeah. Because we don't cross promote on this podcast for some reason. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Chill on me. Whoa. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I'm in a relationship and say, skip this business. I got a man. Intro. Oh. Hey, Jazz. So we do this thing called 10 Years Ago Today, where we all go to our Facebook, look at our memories, and find out where we were 10 years ago on this day. And since I've been gone for a minute, I'll kick it off just so you can see how it's done. Uh, so my status said, says, I'm so Chicago, I paid $2 to get into a basement party with no G DJ, just mixed CDs on a five-disc CD changer, and one was nothing but juke tracks, so you knew it was going to be a footwork and slash bob circle. <laughs> that is so right. Why that was my status, I don't know. But is that factual? <laughs> yes. If you are from Chicago, you have gone to a basement party. And there's a oh, slow yeah. jam CD, uh, whatever the hit songs was, a throwback CD, a juke CD. And then there's probably just a random CD in there. Probably another Today's Hits CD. Yeah. Today's Hits. Y'all remember when y'all got y'all first juke? Whoa. Goodbye, <laughs> 
You never, you never had a juke you? party. No, I didn't grow up in Chicago. I grew up. I'm from Alabama. Oh. Okay, fair. Oh, right, fair. right, 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 right. Okay, fair, fair. We yeah. always about to jump temple. You're like, wait, you never did what? You wouldn't you never go to the rank. And your parents you thought you was Markham. No, no, no. Rainbow. I didn't move to Chicago until I was 21 years old. Oh, you still had time to get okay, juke. That's fair. You oh. mi- I mean, <laughs> that's a little old to be juke. It is. If you juking at 21, there's a problem. I'll go next. My status says, now, I love Al Sharpton because we can always count on him, but why does he have to yell all the damn time? He even yelled in this MSNBC commercial. He does yell all the time. He is loud as hell, bro. <laughs> For no reason, I that's funny. I wonder what he was doing on that day that made you say that. It was right. an MSNBC commercial that apparently he was yelling at. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the commercial part. Okay. Yeah. But my grandma used to listen to him every morning before she passed, and I'd be like, "Why is her radio so loud?" And then Al Sharpton <laughs> would go off, and I'd be like, "Hmm, I can barely hear the radio." <laughs> it was always him. It was always it was him. Always. He's the villain. I'll go next. So my 10 years ago today is BTS behind the scenes of a photo shoot. And I was shooting for Bold Magazine's September issue. And I had connected with Jesse Mbang from the Blurred Lines video. And there's some photos of her that I took. And that's that's what I have in my memories, which is dope because she's also wearing my shoes. Which means I took them off, which I did a lot, like anything for the shot. So I was outside and who knows what shoes, but we got the shot. Oh, Super I dope. love that, Brie. Retired yeah. photographer, Brie. Retired photographer, Brie. She might be back. <laughs> I could go next. Guess what, guys? Mine is not song lyrics this week. It's not less ratchet, but it's not song lyrics. So mine just says, I am oh so pulchritudinous. Now Google that ho. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Are y'all going? Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, because I don't even know where to start. What's beautiful? So, yeah. That's an ugly word to mean beautiful. Beautiful. It literally just beautiful. means beautiful. Y'all want to know how to spell it? I'm going to get my Akila and the B on. Pulchritudinous. <laughs> yes. Pulchritudinous. Thank you. Correct. <laughs> Yay. I win. <laughs> I also read that off of Google. I did not know how to spell that. Yeah, and that's why I said what I said at the end of my <laughs> status. <laughs> All right. Well, it was uh, you know, a, a meme that was going around to say if I got five dollars and my N word broke, then I got two fifty. And then the caption I put it is I've seen this post quite often. The sentiment is nice. I think the bigger issue is that that needs to be addressed is between the two of you, there's only five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they only have $5 in cash. 
Listen, I mean, if that's it, fine. You know what I mean? But I just feel like it's weird to like, I think that if that's like, that's what you got going on, y'all got some other issues to address. Not like, you know, the celebration of the five dollars. Like, I get it. We split 50 50. I love that, but we don't have to split trouble. Like, let's 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 address the troubles 50 50. Like, we need to be above the five (laughs) dollars. You know what I'm saying? We got other things to focus on. Splitting that 250 leaves you with a less advantage because what are y'all getting for 250 each? A bag of chips at this point, you know what I'm saying? Y'all like, might as well uh, keep it a bag of chips and a bag of chips only. Mm-hmm. No, I had a rule. Like if I wasn't, ready. <laughs> y'all both gonna what? eat. Y'all want teamwork so bad? Go get that five dollars and get a a little Caesar's hot and ready. Because y'all both well, we all got one little Caesar's hot and ready. We got to eat tomorrow. What? See, we not thinking about tomorrow. That's the problem. Y'all got a ration. Listen, but you can always have leftover pizza. Rashati, please. But if they only got five dollars, they definitely don't have nowhere to live. So <laughs> Rashati, please. They could be on section eight. They could be on section eight. Rashati, please. Okay, so actually it was nine years ago today. So it was Power Brunch LA. I decided to go with an untraditional. <laughs> Look for my brunch today. I designed these print bell bottoms. It's like an Afro disco fusion, LOL, retro designs. I also designed these fab dresses for event producer extraordinaire, Miss Dunio, and my amazingly talented artist friend, homie, Brittany E. Wilson at the time. Now she's Brittany E. Murray. Um, and then it says, can you tell I love prints? So it's actually a picture of me, um, Dooney, and Brittany at the Power Brunch event and I designed like all of our outfits. This is when I was like really into sewing and designing and I was just like promoting my designs. And that was a fun day because um, Dooney hosted the event and Power Brunch at that time was really a popping event where it was like a lot of our, um, you know, enthusiasts and young go-getters and business people met up and had the Power Brunch and she had some different sponsors. This was a really nice event. So it was a proud moment that um, she was rocking one of my designs and she consistently like promoted me and had me in her fashion shows and stuff at the time when she was doing like a lot of celebrity events and it really helped like catapult my career as a designer at that time. So shout out to my girl, Miss Dooney. Hey. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us. Jasmine, where can the people find you if they want to connect with you on Instagram, Facebook? What's up? Well, so I am still in the business of helping people to meet and have hang out and have a good time, but organically. Um, so I um, co-founded a company called Sip and S'mores, which is an adult camping weekend. It's a Labor Day weekend. So hopefully this episode comes out before that, but it's a three-day, three-night weekend. Uh, we party, we eat good, we do campfires, canoeing, all types of fun stuff. And you can find that at uh, on sippinsmores.com, so S-I-P-N-S-M-O-R-E-S.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at jazzloveslove. That is so cute. I love that. And it's my birthday weekend, too. Labor Day weekend. Really? Yes, girls. Now, that sounds super fun. I don't know. We might have to What y'all trying to do? And we might have to be opposed to us doing a live. Wait, are the non-singles invited? 
I definitely would not be opposed, but it is really remote. Like it's about um, less than two hours north of Chicago. So the internet is like limited. Like you're really out there in a remote environment. Uh, for the past, we've done, this is our third year doing it. And so we have a large group of like 60, 70 folks out there for the weekend. So yeah, you guys are welcome to join for sure. Oh, hell yeah. And it's close, little road trip. Yeah. We might have to, we might have to hit the group chat with that. Yeah, we're going to have to take that back. <laughs> All right, Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us. Y'all heard it from her. Follow her on Instagram at jazzlovesLove. Join the Sippin' S'mores camping event this Labor Day at sippin'smores.com. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Multitasker Podcast, streaming us on all platforms. And we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Peace, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.